This is the Tea Health Show, your medical lifestyle podcast, brought to you by the Tea Clinic, hosted by Dr. Mark. Good morning, this is the Tea Health Show, and I'm Dr. Mark, and in studio today, I'm joined by a good friend and colleague, a dermatologist from Johannesburg, Dr. Pulili Mpofu. Pulili, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me. Um, and then, as always, our producer, Simpiwe. So, Pulili, when, when you and I were sitting mm. at the launch of Sculptra a couple of uh, weeks, actually, it's now two months ago, um, I said to you, I would love to do a series of talks on dermatology yes. and skin conditions. So, um, Today's show is a little bit shorter than, than what we've planned. Uh, you just saw a patient in ICU. And um, at one point, I would like us to talk about this because people actually don't realize just how important our skin health is. And this is a patient in ICU yes. with a toxic skin condition that's life-threatening. Okay, so let's actually talk about common skin conditions. So I'm going to start with some peewee. Some peewee. Yes. What are you concerned about when you think of your skin? Uh, dryness. Uh, I don't want to look ashy. My grandmother was always like, you must never look ashy. That's not a good look. Mm. So that's what I'm worried about a lot. Um, and then overall, like, I don't like having like red lines or like wrinkles. So I'm worried about that, you know, the so, aging aspect of it. <laughs> Paulili, do you, do you agree with me? So everything that Simpiwe has described is basically aesthetics. It is, but the dryness could be minor, a mild form of eczema, actually. Okay. The propensity to dryness. So let's... That in your family, there is that gene. So let's start there, because you've just said something that I didn't know. I didn't know that eczema has a genetic component to it. So let's, yes. let's describe eczema, because we can find eczema in babies, and yes. that can be extremely, extremely dangerous and bad for the babies. Yes, it is. And it affects everybody because it affects sleep for, for the parents and for the baby. It affects even for, for other members of the family. It traumatizes everybody. Because if you can't sleep, you can't work. Okay, so I think a lot of us throw the word eczema around too easily and I yes. think sometimes it gets confused with the other Inflammatory yes. conditions of the skin Definitely. So maybe let's start with Inflammatory skin yes. conditions The most common obviously is Atopic eczema Which uh, the incidence ranges from 17% to 30, to 37 Actually depending on where you are In urban areas whether it's high reporting Or high incidence we're not sure But we tend to find it in about 37% Of people in The rural areas about 17% So that's very common It's an inflammation of the skin Which is genetic um, because of it's, it's caused by the same gen, gene defect that causes uh, hay fever, so it's common in the, the, the patients themselves will have that history, or maybe their immediate family will have a, a history of um, hay asthma. fever, allergic rhinitis, and asthma. Okay. And other skin conditions of uh, like um, an exaggerated response to insect bites, things like that. It tends to be in the family. So even if the other family members don't have eczema as it is, but the gene for it exists, and then 
some of them will manifest it at eczema. So it's an inflammation where the problem actually is the ability, the inability of the skin to retain moisture. So it's a, it's a def- defective barrier function of the skin. So that starts the cascade of reactions where you then get, because of the dryness, the skin then itches, becomes Asian. It itches because um, there are cracks in the skin which expose the nerve endings. So there's that tingling sensation of the skin. That then activates the patient to scratch. In fact, eczema is called the itch that rashes. It's not the oh, rash that itches. It's okay. a itch that, that rashes. when scratched. Because that's yeah. why scratching is a big deal. We have to stop that. Because when the skin is dry and inflamed, then you scratch it. You then activate inflammation. Then you you just get... So the, you're going down this rabbit hole of just... Yes. It's a so my, my, my partner this morning... Mm-hmm said something that was quite uh, significant mm-hmm. after what you've just said. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, there's this movement, and I don't know whether you've heard about this, about people not bathing for... Uh, three days. Three days, no bath. That, that uh, no, 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 no. They, uh, <laughs> there's some people that do this, and uh, it's now becoming a big thing that yes. you don't bath because... It's said when you bath, the soaps destroys the natural it's oils in the skin. It's true that we advise our eczema patients not to overbath. Okay. Three times a week is the suggested time. It's difficult to do. But now we have very good moisturizers. Mm-hmm. So we, 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 we bath and replace the, the, the lost um, moisture. But to be honest, in the olden books, in old dermatology books, they do mention that washing, bathing more than three times a week Aggravates the dryness that activates the whole cascade. Is it because of the soap or is it because of the water? It's a combination of factors. The wetness itself aggravates because you see in in, in people with professions that immerse their hands in water, like helpers, bakers, um, hairdressers, hairdressers, the wetness itself. You see, with with in the trigo under the breasts or under the apron. Abdominal apron in people who are obese. Yeah. The wetness itself, the the intense humidity itself, is an is a is pro-inflammatory. So that. (laughs) Sorry, (laughs) I I wish you could see our faces. Both Simpson, I just looked at Paulini. Okay. So okay. Chemicals, obviously. Yeah. Some we 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 have different types of reactions to chemicals. We have the inflammatory we have the irritating kind of um reaction where it's not the, the the chemical that's problematic but the frequency of usage like when you wash your dishes mm-hmm. if you wash dishes quickly there's no problem but if you wash dishes for 40 minutes then it causes a problem so where the problem is you get an inflammation because of over dosage of of that particular thing to put it like ah, that. okay. But so it's dose dependent, basically. Dependent or exposure dependent. If the exposure is, elongate, is is long, then you get the reaction. But there is there are allergic reactions as well. As even if it's a very small, like latex and things like that, even if or hair dye, even if the the contact is very slight, you can get a reaction. Sure. So the the the, the inflammation from chemicals can be due to dosage. Or frequency, or due to allergy. Um, Polilia, I want to circle back. Mm. So, when we say inflammatory skin conditions, you've now described a topic 
eczema. Yes. Um, what are the other inflammatory conditions? Is dermatitis an inflammatory condition or an allergic condition? It's very confusing to, to, to use the word dermatitis. Because dermatitis just means inflammation of the skin. So eczema would be part of dermatitis. But there is also seborrheic dermatitis, which yeah. is like eczema. But the areas of involvement are different. Like the baby will have cradle cap, will have inflammation in the, in the, in the flexures. They will have hypopigmentation. The skin will be lighter in the skin folds. That they, they, they are prone to having nepirash. This is where eczema is usually presents with inflammation, which is red in those areas. Am I correct or do I have it wrong? It's a form of eczema. Atopic eczema presents as, um, let me describe the different presentations. They are all dermatitis because dermatitis just means inflammation of the skin. Yeah. So atopic dermatitis is the one that's alle- associated with allergies like um, hay fever, asthma. Okay. And that that one presents in babies. There's a there's a there's a form. There's an infantile form, childhood form, and adult form. The infantile form they have these rosy cheeks. You see them having cracked red rosy cheeks. They have um, rashes on their wrists and extensor surfaces of the arms. It can spread to the whole body Very, very itchy But the childhood, after the age of two It presents on the usual areas of eczema On the uh, anticubital fossae, the, the, the front of the So elbows. this is in, in your, where you childhood. bend your arm yes, That's you there in the front, where they take blood And when you bend your knee At the back of the knee Yes, yeah. at the back of it it can, it can also spread to other areas But the adult form tends to be in specific areas Like eyelids no, it can be namula eczema or it can be on nipples or scrotum. It, it tends to be in specific areas, but severe forms are generalized. So that's, that's atopic eczema. Seborrheic eczema on the, on the contrary is in areas of, um, like the scalp, um, eyebrows, areas with hair and with folds. So ah, the scalp, okay. the eyelids, the nasolabial folds. This will be under ears, your breast, under arms, under breasts, apron, and ap- okay, and in the groin. Ah, oh. that's seborrheic dermatitis. Okay, that one is not associated with uh, with any hay fever or asthma. Okay, and it's, it's also it's also common. It's also common. And it's, it, it can be quite debilitating. Yes, it Especially can. if it's generalized. Yes. Very debilitating. There is a form called erythroderma where every centimeter of the body is covered. I, I, we've, I've seen a couple of these babies, mm-hmm. um, in, in my years of practice. Mm-hmm. And it literally, these babies look like little aliens. Yes. They're bright red. Mm-hmm. They're Scaly, mm. and they are. Oh, it's 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 horrible to see them because they are screaming the whole time. You can't bath them, you can't put clothes on them. It's it's it horrible. Infected easily. Yeah. An infection is pro-inflammatory on its own. It can aggravate um, relapses, but also it's a result of having a relapse. Because when you have the active eczema, you scratch yourself, you introduce bacteria from your from your fingers when you scratch from your nails. So it, infection is very bad. We have to clear it. It can create um, a triggering effect, but it can also be a result of a relapse because of so the itching. 
is this um, uh, Simpiwe, what do you use for treating a skin condition? If you go to, if you have a skin condition, um, <laughs> I'm the wrong one. To okay, so you skin. know what? I I think I've been told. <laughs> I I think if you ask the majority of parents or young adults, they they say you use some kind of cortisone cream. Okay, okay. and I remember um, uh, Polili uh, back when. We studied now, I think you studied one or two years uh, before me and then you specialized. But I remember dermatology. We had um, a professor who was from some Eastern European country. I still can't pronounce his surname. And what we knew back then is if in doubt cortisone. So... Today, I think that's changed because we have disease-modifying drugs. We're not yet to talk about them yet. We'll we'll go into those. But um, dangerous statement, though. If, if in doubt, this is where I want to go, yes. um, because the majority of people would go and get some kind of over-the-counter yes. cortisone cream, whether it's myelocort or dilocort or something like that. Um, and there's danger in yes, that. What is the danger? There are many, there are many uh, adverse uh, reactions to using strong corticosteroids on the face or using mild ones for a long time. Uh, what we get is um, an inflamed, the skin gets thin and then it becomes prone to anything really. Oh, it yeah. becomes, you see blood vessels You can imagine how dangerous that is If the blood vessels are visible Because then if you pump yourself the bruise is It will blue else. You get acne You get um, fungal infections That's the one that's very serious Because you get a, a type of fungal infection That is not going to look like a fungal infection We call it tinea incognito Because ah. then it, you have Tinea means fungal, fun, by it, the tinea way Tinea means fungal, incognito means not visible Okay so by using a steroid, you are really remo removing the, 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 the stigmata that we look for to diagnose the, the condition. So with a steroid cream, you can, you can yes. hide. You can hide fungal infection, yes. And then um, we all, uh, in the medical profession, this is one of the most dangerous thing about steroids, mm. is that they suppress the immune system, mm. and then things that should be picked up mm -hmm. by the immune system mm. pass the immune system, mm. and then it creates a bad infection, mm. whether it's systemical or topical. Mm. Okay, so we have our eczemas. Um, other inflammatory conditions? Psoriasis is another one. Okay. I want you to stop there because mm -hmm. both of us work in aesthetics. Yes. Um, and it's one of the more difficult things that we mm -hmm. can, can treat. Mm -hmm. How does psoriasis present and mm -hmm. what actually is it? It is an inflammatory condition which can be in the family. But it can also be part of the metabolic syndrome. That was, that's what makes it important. Because. So metabolic syndrome, your patients with diabetes, high cholesterol, yes, hypertension, they can also obese. Have psoriasis, yes. Ah. We now know that we have to investigate our psoriasis patients, whether they don't have high blood pressure, whether they don't have heart conditions. We know they do badly when they get COVID. So it's not something we have to, in, to, to, to be unaware of. The fact that psoriasis can be an indicator. Of, of other things that are going wrong in the system. Okay. So, Polile, 
Tell us how do we psoriasis is a specific diagnosis, yes. but it's also not an easy one to make. Um, yes. If we think we have psoriasis, what is it that we look out for? How do we start presenting? It it can be misunderstood as a fungal infection or as eczema because it does produce scaly red patches, like the like eczema or fungal infection. But the scale is thick. And when you scrape it, you find bleeding. That is very specific for psoriasis. So it's almost like a dry plaque that it's forms. It's a very thick, dry uh, scale that when you remove, there are bleeding Bleeding. Points. Yes. Okay. So that means that there's blood supply to these, to yes. this keratotic yes. tissue. And keratotic yes. means if you think about what your hair and nails is made of, it's made of keratin. Yes. So now you're starting to have this uh, exasperated yes. uh, reaction to the upper layers of the skin. And, and uh, there's blood supply to that, um, which is bad in itself. Yes, which is bad, yes. Psoriasis can also be triggered by infection. There's a type of psoriasis called guttate psoriasis. Where you can get psoriasis from having, especially strept, uh, streptococcal infection, throat infection, tooth, uh, dental caries, uh, urinary tract infection. That one is very important to diagnose because you can really remedy it by just treating the infection. So that type of psoriasis should be, uh, should be understood. It has very, very small, tiny, that's why it's called guttate, like raindrops. So it's the, Typical psoriasis lesions, but very small and scattered all over the body, especially the, the chest and back and the legs. Okay. Okay. So the moment that you say psoriasis, the other thing that I think of mm-hmm. is rosacea. Mm-hmm. Do you want to tell us a little bit? Some, some peewee, have you ever heard about this term of rosacea? No. It sounds like a fruit. Most, so, of, <laughs> most of the rose. Yeah. It, it's exactly like Dr. Mpofu said. Rosacea, rose. It's these patients that present with these very red Inflamed almost cheeks Or patients that Would do some exercise or drink coffee Or smoke a cigarette or drink or wine Or the freezer The cold air, then they just flush Red, red, red mm. Yeah, you can let Rud- uh, You know what, Rudolf The reindeer had rosacea On his nose <laughs> so. In fact, there are different stages of it The first stage is when the flushing comes and goes Based on being triggered but the the next phase of the disease is when there's fixed erythema, where it's no more flushing in and out, when it's always red and always there, embarrassing so, the patient all the time. Polili, how do we explain erythema? Erythema for us means red, red but yes. erythema also means that if you press on the redness, it's going to blanch yes. or not blanch. In the in the, 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 the in the in, in stage one, when it is still coming and going. When it is flushing, it can blanch. Okay, so that means if you press and you leave, it will leave a white mark. And then it will slowly fill in um, with red again. It's like pressing your nail. You'll see that it goes white. And if you leave it, it slowly turns pink. So that's what we call flushing. The second stage is a fixed erythema where there's fixed redness. That doesn't go away. It embarrasses the patients. People think they've had alcohol or whatever. Then the third stage is when you have lesions on top, which is sometimes misdiagnosed as acne. But the important thing is that you need to know the difference between acne and rosacea. 
because rosacea is centrally centrally placed. The redness is in the center of the face. Yeah, it's over the nose and the cheek area. Am yes, I correct? And it leaves the area in front of the ears unaffected. Okay. It's just the the, the center, and it comes and goes. Acne is fixed. The other thing to remember is that rosacea doesn't have blackheads. That's important. Very important. There are no comedones in rosacea. Okay. Our next condition that we're going to talk and about is acne. And, and triggered. Um, then you can explain to us exactly what comedones are because yes. we have blackheads, whiteheads, mm-hmm. experience. Okay. So rosacea and psoriasis, we don't treat them the same. Um, neither do we treat eczema and those conditions That's why the we same. Need to, we need to really know how to tell them apart. Because for rosacea, if you give a tropical steroid for rosacea, you actually aggravate it. Okay. So what I think we often forget, as you and I are sitting in the northern suburbs of Joburg, mm. and this is where the majority of our patients are. But a lot of the people that listen to us are sitting... 500 kilometers from the closest little Dorpy mm. where there's no dermatologist, mm. there's just maybe a GP. Mm. How do we, how do we distinguish between these things? What is easy for us to, to, to distinguish? And is there anything that, uh, let's start with distinguishing factors. That's, that's why it's important to distinguish acne and rosacea. Because as I, as I mentioned, they all have the, 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 the pus-filled lesions. But rosacea doesn't have blackheads. That's important for the clinician to note that. Because the and rosacea doesn't usually present on the forehead like ac- acne would. Am I acne correct? Would, because acne would present on your would. forehead. And that's where you forehead. see those little blackheads when the, the skin is rough. Simpiwe... Oh. Um, I'm sorry to tell you, you said that you have good skin. I've been told. As Dr. Polili and I are sitting, we can see little comedones on your forehead. Am I right? Yeah, it's because of the hair, hair food. Okay. Yeah, oiling the scalp. The, the, the oil migrates to the forehead mm-hmm. and then clogs the pores there. We get a specific kind of acne, which is called um, pomade acne. Pomade means oil, where we get... Uh, present, uh, the distribution of the acne along the hairline is common in African, um, in us of African descent because there's this belief that we should feed our scalp mm. with oil. Yes. It's a belief. <laughs> it's so, sorry, you mob- can't no, hide. Yeah. You cannot hide anything <laughs> from her. <laughs> she actually causes more problems. Actually, we're not there. We're not there at the moment. We're not talking about scalp, but the scalp inflammatory yes. conditions, um, are aggravated by too much oil on the scalp. And our, and our patients usually when they have a scalp condition, they over oil it. They mix some oils they see on YouTube and all that. And that aggravates because the, the oil gets clogged up in the follicles, gets putrefied, it gets damaged, and then it activates an inflammatory response. So it aggravates the inflammatory condition. So we're not talking about scalp conditions, but I'm just remembering that we should mention that, that over oiling the scalp with these hair foods, I always joke and tell patients, eat the food. Don't oil, don't eat, don't let the scalp eat. <laughs> I love that. It, well, it, it actually, that. I wanted to stop just there for a second mm-hmm. because certain foods are 
incredibly important for skin health. And when there are others, pro-inflammatory food that can trigger the three conditions that we've just spoken about, especially eczema. And here we're thinking of our glutens. Um, maybe some lactose intolerance can do that as well? Some people, we are very careful not to prescribe to everybody because we have had patients who became very malnourished because they followed these exclusive diets when they were not specific for them. We always are reluctant to suggest for everybody. It's an individual thing that when we find it in a patient, we then advise them, but we're scared to make it sound like everyone has to withdraw from foods. We have babies that are malnourished because parents thought milk was pro-inflammatory and... And then the child gets malnourished So we're very, very careful about this stuff Okay, so Polili, for our patients That don't have Readily Access To Dermatologist and come on, let's face it. I, I know how long it takes me to get an appointment for one of my patients with a dermy. It can take a couple of weeks. Now for a normal patient, it can take up to a couple of months. Um, if a patient thinks they have a skin condition, what is that? Now, one of the inflammatory skin conditions. What is the basic stuff that we would start with, in other words, topical cares with soaps and washing, blah, blah, blah. What is your recommendation there? I always recommend a mild cleanser for the four. four what four is a mild cleanser? Not something that irritates the skin. Um, just mild, nothing specific, but not to use laundry soap. I know that in, in some cultures, they be, when, when they are trying to avoid allergens, they then think. The laundry soap we use, starting with an S, is pure enough. Are you, are you, are you, you, sorry, I can say this. That has a pH of 11. Sunlight soap. When, yes. When the, when the skin has a pH of 6, <laughs> so you can imagine how alkalinic it is. It really rips away any oil that you have and irritates it very severely. So our eczema patients are aggravated by using that, using uh, antiseptics and all that. The pH of those things are very high. And the skin okay. needs something neutral. So, if because people will ask this question, and I would like you to answer it, um, we are we, in this podcast because it's a podcast. We we we're not advertising products, but I think we can speak freely around them. For your man in the street, mm -hmm. if he wants to buy a good block of soap or cake mm -hmm. or soap, mm -hmm. there's so many. There's Lux. There's mm -hmm. I, you know what I don't know even. I don't know if you even find soap anymore. I, I always go to shower gel. Mm. But There's what soap. would be mm. a good soap? Lifebuoy, Dettol soap, which ones? I would choose Dove or Pure Soap okay. or maybe Sanex. Sanex. Because those are pure. They are, they, they are, they are less irritating. Okay. Then there's Cetaphil soap, which it, is okay also. Cetaphil, good to wash faces with? Yes, the gentle one. The gentle cleanser. Okay. I know the dermatologists love Cetaphil. I do. Because um, we're very careful with, with products. You know, it's like sunscreens. We sound like we, 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 we promote few companies, but it's because we know that other companies promote SPFs that are not true. So we are yes. very specific with companies we trust. Yeah. Because... You can go, you can do the right thing, prescribe something that is correct, and your patient relapses 
or or doesn't get the the benefit you want. And for young for young uh, children and babies, the Johnson and Johnson kind of baby baby stuff the, or the, normal the, soaps. The pure 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 ones, but I can use uh, emulsifying ointment. They can use um, something like Epimax. Yes, they can use Epimax. They can use um, uh, Aquas cream. No, I, I'm glad you mentioned Aquas. They must not use Aquas cream. Aquas cream is sodium lauryl sulfate, which is a pro-inflammatory uh, agent. Nobody should use Aquas cream unless you are using it to wash, and you are, you know you are going to rinse it thoroughly. That sodium lauryl sulfate must not remain on your skin. So what I usually say, why am I washing with something that must be completely removed? Why don't I use something else that if it stays back by 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 accident, it's not a problem? If you use so, if this you use, is your Epimax, Epizone, it, it, some it, of those. Yes, that you can. Those you can use. Yes. Okay, and especially for dry skin, um, I I find them beautiful if you wet. Ointment, emulsifying ointment can be used immediately. You come out of the bath to lock in the moisture. Okay. Now, I want to ask you this thing because I've seen this often. Mm. Um, if I, and this is very, when I say I saw it, uh, see it often, I never shower at gym. Ugh. Mm. Um, but what I often saw, and this is again, it's an ethnic thing. I, I've never seen white people do this. I've only seen black people do this. That they use Vaseline, not Vaseline lotion, the normal petroleum Vaseline petroleum jelly, mm. to 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 moisturize. Yeah. Yes. It's because um, it must be ashy, as the, yes, my grandmother that's what would I'm say. Saying. But the, is it healthy? It's okay. It's, it's, um, doesn't it doesn't create an occlusive barrier on the skin? Almost. If it almost? applies too much, especially on the legs, it can be occlusive and cause folliculitis. But most people use it and they get away with it. But we know that when we get someone with folliculitis, we tell them to to stop using it. Okay, and folliculitis is it's basically of the hair follicles. Yeah, so you you have like little pimples. Mm -hmm. Okay, so. I think I want us to stay broad. I think we, there's a couple of conditions that, um, I, we need to, um, discuss in detail. One of them, I think, is acne because there's so many different kinds of acne. Um, how about we gently touch for now on some Infective conditions Because we have Different types of infections And if you get The treatment of it wrong You're going to create Problems So let's start with um, Common fungal infections mm -hmm. And how do we Differentiate a fungal infection From a bacterial infection A fungal infection Is usually um Dry, scaly um, It depends on where it is actually Because you can get it on the scalp where it, if, When it is still mild It's dry and scaly But we know that if it's, if it's not treated on time You get the passy version Called carrion Which looks like an abscess which then becomes a, th um, a diagnostic nightmare. But this is not this is not dry scalp. This is if, not if, if the dry dandruff. Dandruff is all over. It's diffuse. But is that a fungal infection? No. It, it 
there are different types. If 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 there are some people like I mean, if you have psoriasis, you'll have you'll, you'll have scaly scalp without fungus. Okay. We know that mild fungal um, yeast infection, which is a normal commensal, yeast is a normal commensal of our skin. Yes, we need it. But if you have overgrowth of it, it can cause a, a scaliness of the scalp. If you have overgrowth of the normal yeast that we all have. You can then get. That's why you can benefit from using antifungal. But we don't always think scaly scalp is because of fungal infections. Okay. You can get psoriasis. You can get. Uh, we know that seborrheic dermatitis, which we mentioned, does present a scaly scalp, and that can be induced by overgrowth of yeast on the scalp. Okay. But you, some people just have dry scalp. People with with um, with 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 generalized dryness can have a scaly scalp as well. Okay. So there are different types of of conditions. You need to diagnose what is the primary diagnosis, because you you can't just treat every scaly scalp with with uh, with an antifungal. We know that if it's on the face, it can present as round patches, which we call tinea fasciae. Yeah. It can it can be on the body as tinea corporis. Okay. Is that the one that's also it's round? Round the ringworm. It's round, very well defined roundness. Yeah. Round lesion, scaly, especially on the edges. We call it an active edge. Okay. And healing center. Okay. Usually, and this unlike is unlike psoriasis, yeah. which is scaly everywhere. Yeah, this one forms the circle. Scaly it looks like round. And yes. It's commonly known as ringworm. Yes. Okay, um, that we can treat with over-the-counter yes, products like Lamisil. Yes, uh, yes, Lamisil or itraconazole, which is Polynox, okay. and um, uh, fluconazole. Okay. okay, now um, these two conditions that I'm petrified of. That's one of the reasons I don't shower in a gym mm. And that's athlete's foot Yes mm-hmm. I've heard of that Yes So tell us a little bit about that one There are different forms of athlete's foot It's easy to diagnose it um, If you notice that it's usually on one side Most of the conditions that we get on, Because it, it can look like eczema There is another condition where, Which is called ex, um, keratolysis exfoliativa Which is scaliness of, the, of, but of both the feet of both, yes, not just one. So, fungal infection usually is unilateral; it's usually on one side. But oh. you can get cases where both feet are. So that's why it's important to to take a good history. If it has been going on for fifteen years continuously, okay. it's unlikely to be a fungal infection. Okay. But if it's an acute occurrence of scaliness of one side of the of one foot, but it can also there's also the the, the wet type, which is not scale, which is very blistering. The skin is denuded. It can be smelly. It can be water, especially between the toes. Between the toes, and it can form blisters also that look like eczema. Okay. So it's important to scrape really to find to find which which. Um, and this is something that we do with a skin scrape, and then when we look under a microscope, we yes. can actually see the we fungus. We can see the fungus. We can see the hyphae in the spores. Yes. Okay. Now, the other condition with, that I know of when I think of fungal conditions is where you get these, especially on people's backs and arms, yes. where you get these white spots. And if yes. I remember yes, I correctly, it's tinea obicans? Visicolor. And that, um, I'm not a dermatologist. <laughs> it looks ugly. But, but it's also because of um, our own um, 
our own yeast that we have. So this is not necessarily not a pathological condition. It's not an infection you get from another person. It's okay. when you, you is it something that we need to treat? Yes, because it looks ugly. It's it's spreads to the neck. It just it's just and in in black patients it actually causes hyperpigmentation. If that's I'm not that's why true. it's called vesicola, meaning yeah. that it can be different colors. It can be black. It can be white. It can be red. It okay. can be different colors, but and uh, it's also fairly easy to treat with yes. topical products that yes. you can buy over the over the counter. What's important with it is that the patients should understand that it's not having been reinfected when it comes up. Sixty percent of patients that have it will have a relapse because it's your own yeast that is just overgrowing. So it tends to overgrow when you're sweaty, when you exercise. The environment is favorable for it to overgrow. So that can happen again. So we, we tell our patients that there's a 60% chance of recurrence, especially in summer. So to avoid that, if you are one of those that always get a recurrence, is to use an antifungal shampoo maybe once a week just to prevent the overgrowth. Okay. When summer starts, maybe in spring, you start using it once a week just to prevent overgrowth. Like for runners and for people who exercise who have high temperature, that uh, sweatiness and heat... Is a very good ground for it to overgrow Okay So Polile, is there any other fungal conditions um, That we need to be aware of Maybe some that are more dangerous Than just your normal fungal infection That you would treat with a, a cream We do have the, the, the deep fungal infections Which are caused by immune uh, Suppression problems. Yes Those ones are not common Cryptococcus um, Things like that But we do see them Especially in very sick patients okay. But what I don't What we see commonly That is not necessary Is the delayed treatment of Simple conditions like Fungal infection of the scalp If you delay treating it It then falls, causes uh, abscesses that destroy the hair follicles And then they're gone Then the hair follicles are gone yeah, you, don't, you don't repair you those You don't repair those, yes yeah. So we need to find that I mean, um, tinea cruris jock itch Can mm. also be a problem I mean, it can affect the patient What we should know is that If you get recurrent infections on the skin We should check your toes Sometimes you reinfect yourself Because of undiagnosed on, um, nail fungus so you keep on reinfecting yourself. That's when we scratch. Yes, or just because your, your nail is there when you touch your socks and then you infect yourself. So when you get recurrent infections, we start examining the whole body to see that don't you have infection hiding somewhere, like mm -hmm. the nails. The nails are not symptomatic usually. So that you can have fungus there that is not diagnosed. Sometimes there's another family member that's a carrier. So when you keep on getting recurrent infections, we then ask the whole family to be examined. Sometimes there's a carrier in the family that is strong, that has an immunity that is strong enough not to be sick themselves, but they keep on infecting the other members, even for bacterial infections. Okay. For boils and things like that. So this is the next one that I wanted to get mm. to, um, bacterial skin infections mm. because these can be life threatening, yes. but they, they can also be very mild. Mm. How do they present? It depends. What we should know is that bacteria can super, can infect any condition that we have. 
any of the inflammatory conditions can have bacteria on them. Eczema can be affected by bacteria. And this is sometimes why they're so difficult to treat, because you need to treat the both infections. And the infection, yes. But it usually presents as um, infection around the hair follicle, folliculitis, or where you get these um, pimples that are painful around the hair that becomes a boil eventually. It it can present as cellulitis, where you get swelling of the leg that becomes red, swollen. We call it erysipelas, actually, where you get um, one leg becoming very, be- uh, I mean, swollen, painful, inflamed. Like lymphedema or elephantitis almost. But, but sudden. Suddenly. It's sudden, yes. Okay. It's usually caused by strep infection. We have also flesh-eating bacteria, which are not common. Yeah, but, but you know what, we've common. seen some of that. Yes, we have. And um, I, I can tell you, um, these are conditions where you take a patient to theater yes, to every day and them. you cut away skin mm-hmm. and it's a very bad prognosis. Yes. And that but is if we, if we if don't we, treat... If we don't diagnose um, them quickly. Yeah. It, that one is difficult to diagnose because it presents as just redness that, that, and then uh, painful redness. When we have an area of the skin that is painful and red, that's the, the that's how it usually presents early, and it can be missed. So this is basically what we call as almost uh, cellulitis. Yes. Am I right? Yes. So if you have painful red discoloring of the skin, yes. um, and there's a hardness or a lump or a or swelling, you or, need or to see mm. a medical. Yes. Doctor, and you need to see them quick yes. because that needs to be treated with a proper antibiotic. Boils are common as well. What you should remember when you have recurrent boils is that sometimes you are a staph carrier. You ca- in your nose, the staphylococcus, there's the bacteria that causes the boils. So when you get recurrent infections, we do a, um, a swab of the nose to see whether you don't have bacteria hiding there that keeps on reinfecting you. So yeah. that's important also. Okay, Polili, this this skin is our biggest organ. Yes. Um, I I will I will challenge that and say that the gut is a bigger organ if we spread it out. But mm-hmm. um, in total, the skin is the biggest organ. It's probably one of the most important ones that we have because of the barrier function and its immune function. Mm-hmm. There's so many things that can go wrong with it. So over the next couple of months, um, we're going to delve into detail into certain skin conditions. Um, I thank you. I knew that you ran out of ICU this morning where we have a patient that is presenting with one of these conditions that we've just spoken about. Um, and um, I'm looking forward to our discussions. Um, maybe we should think about talking about acne okay. um, next time because yeah. acne in, in our um, uh, different stages of yeah. life um, can be very debilitating yes. and cause great psychological distress. Yes. So maybe that should be our next topic next yes. month. Yes. I thank you for coming. It's always a pleasure having you around. Um, next week, we will be talking um, about um, inflammation and pain and how it relates to our hormones 
and our gut. Join us next week. Have a great week, everyone. That was The Tea Health Show, empowering you with knowledge. Download all previous episodes on your favorite podcast platform. The Tea Health Show is brought to you by The Tea Clinic.